Welcome to the Pascal Ngwe Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered as you listen to the Word of God. On tonight. I'm hoping that we'll cover a little bit, but we'll use more sessions um, to continue training on this until we really uh, develop a good awareness of temperaments, what they are. Also, better assess which one is yours, and also learning to know that of others around you. Contrary to what many people think, and, and I'm very surprised that, I mean, in all my years of schooling, nobody ever told me about temperaments. You will notice with life that things that actually matter, things that have a greater impact on who you become or who you are, they are not taught at school. If you, if you check well, those things are not taught. For example, you, no school teaches you wisdom. Yet, most of life it's controlled by wisdom. Do you get it? Um, well, back in the day, we were learning about morals. So you were taught right, wrong, all those things. Those things have even been removed from schools now. So, um, so nobody really teaches you about character. Yet, your life really hang on the strength of your character. What I mean by character is how you respond to issues. How you respond to issues. That is basically the determining factor as to whether you will go up to here or up to here. It's just how you handle things. So at school, you are taught about things, but you are not taught about how to handle things. So, again, in school, you are taught about biology. You are taught about the, all the systems that govern the human body. You know, the digestive system, the respiratory system, uh, the nervous system. Uh, you thought about, you know, your bone structure, skeleton. All of those systems, you are taught about them at school. But you are not taught about the temperaments that actually define what you do with that body that you were just taught about now. So to the most part, therefore, I would like to humbly submit to us that contrary to what we think, 
a lot of what we actually need we don't have yes but the problem is because we went to school you get it some of us because we went to school so we relax because we feel no i know no i know and that is where the problem begins even when it comes to temperament you are sitting here this afternoon and i'm sure you think you know what your temperament is i'm sure you think you do right uh-huh that again in itself is another big deception because true to our nature as human beings we don't search usually things a bit deeper we go one two three okay so this is this one two three that so you don't take time to properly assess things and that now moves us to a state whereby we are operating we are operating with erroneous knowledge of ourselves and even of others and then we keep being shocked at the fact that the results that we supposed to get based on the knowledge we claim to have is not forthcoming so i just want you to have an open mind try to have an open mind because when you see temperaments you think you know what i'm what i'm about to talk about already you already know no it's going to talk about cholesterol. and that's that's why you've been blocked from knowledge you've been very blocked from knowledge and and even as you are also here tonight you are sure i'm this that is also now making things more difficult because like i'm saying most of what we claim sometimes that no i know this and this and this most of the time if you check deeply you find out that that is partial knowledge or just some information you grab if i ask you now how many of us have read a book on temperament like you've actually sat down with a book on temperaments you've read the whole book okay i've read three me who's standing before you i've read three books on temperaments not today before i got married i read all the books by tim lahey on temperaments all of them i even read the book he wrote about um there is one the first one he wrote was it was just the four temperament the next one he wrote was was entitled how do i why do i behave the way i do and then the third one was entitled temper temperament something uh, spirit control temperaments these are three different books i've read at different stages of my life and i'm currently reading one that he sent me yesterday so i'm basically reading the fourth one now on temperaments but some of you are sitting here you've never read one page on temperaments yet you are claiming you know your temperament do you understand what i'm trying to say yeah so i'm just showing us how is it that most of the time we just grab things in passing we don't dig deeper 
And that little knowledge that we grab, we go with it, we run with it with so much strength as if it is law. Like, I have everything I need. I wish I could bring to you the book entitled, Why Do I Behave the Way I Do? That book in particular was an eye-opener in my life. Even the title was so interesting. And in fact, just the title, Why Do I Behave the Way I Do? Tim Lahey. And then his other book entitled Spirit Control Temperaments. Where he's now making you aware that through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, meaning the, the non fruit of the Spirit and the non gift of the Spirit, God is able to affect your temperament in a positive way. That book was so liberating. And I started discovering that the Holy Ghost, every, every one of the fruit of the Spirit, is actually designed to deal with a negative aspect of a temperament. He did a whole study on that. And he shows you that if you are this, this particular fruit of the Spirit is designed to deal with this. So you now start knowing what to even pray for when it comes to fighting the certain aspect of your temperament. You guys are sitting here. You are thinking to yourself, no, I know everything. I know everything. That is that limited knowledge. And sometimes even the lack thereof, like there's actually no knowledge. Do you get it? Because I did a little test during the week, especially on the guys of Kalanyoni here. I just sent them a random message. Tell me your temperament. Some of them are sitting here. I, I did send just a random test and I've given them the four. I choose which one are yours here. Then they will each of them each of them will tell me I believe this. Because this is actually a thing I wanted to do on Kalanyon. Then I decided, no, let me broaden it. Let's because we all have the same uh, problems. Then I will ask them another question. What makes you think that what you are saying it is what it is? And the answers were quite interesting. And then it becomes quite clear. That what a person is using to say my temperament is this. Might be maybe one little aspect of that particular temperament. But not enough to claim that this is what I am. It could be that it's just a little aspect. It might not even be the major aspect that runs that temperament. That when you are saying that I am this, we say you are this based on this. Like the thing that we actually should look at when we are saying that this is who I am. You are not even mentioning those ones. You are rather mentioning other things that are okay, they are there, but they are very second or third or fourth in order. That was almost my diagnosis for everybody that answered back. And I, and I sent that test for about maybe 20 people here in Kalanyun. So as I'm standing here, I'm talking from the perspective that either we do not understand the importance of knowing about temperaments, or we do not give it its rightful place, and therefore, 
we are unable to tap into the benefits it affords when well used. When well used. So, let's begin. What are temperaments? Like, where is that word coming from? What is leading us to mention such a word called temperaments? Do you understand? What has led to such a word to be brought in our vocabulary and to some words to have been specifically chosen to describe different groups of people as belonging to this group or that group or that group or that group and to even have affected on each group certain characteristics that best describe that group. Why are we doing that? What did we base ourselves in making those descriptions? Are you listening to what I'm trying to say? All right. If you use the charts, for example, if I put a chart on the screen there and I maybe say, okay, let's say, Excuse me. We all know that there are four temperaments. Now, if I put the charts there now of the temperaments, you will be more inclined to looking at the words or the descriptions and using those descriptions to define which temperament you're falling under. And I believe that is, the, that is basically the the approach we all used to define our temperaments. In other words, four different blocks were presented to me and I scanned each block and I kind of saw myself in one of the blocks and I felt, no, I think I am this. But like I'm saying to you again, it's very, very shallow to use such an information to determine who you are. Me, I've read three books to grab the same information you are trying to grab by just looking at a block. I'm just showing you a little example. And there are more books that have been written. I'm reading the fourth one. He sent it to me last night. And I found it quite interesting, actually. You see, so, because it's, Tim LaHaye is a Christian, but this guy is also a pastor. So, I'm just trying to show you that when you look at the investment a person has placed, just to grasp his understanding of himself, on a specific subject. And you see the investment you also place to grab the same type of information. And you see how desperate, the, how the, the disparity of both. And yet you are standing so strongly on your point that no, I am this. Can't you understand that maybe you are standing on that based on very shallow knowledge that you are dealing with. And that it could be that you are misled. Are you with me? So, basically, before I even tell you what are temperaments, like where, where do we get, uh, how, what, what was done to define them, I will first say the knowledge of temperaments is first and foremost the knowledge of self. When we're talking about 
temperaments, what we are dealing with, we are dealing with maybe two or three different subjects at the same time. We are dealing with self-awareness. We are dealing also with self-improvement. And we are dealing with self-actualization. We are dealing with about three things at the same time. First of all, self-awareness or self-knowledge. You will think that because you are with yourself, you know yourself. But I'm sure in many instances, you've seen yourself do things that you didn't think that you could do such things. And then you just discover that, ah, I'm, just, I'm the one who just did this now. Or I'm the one who just said this. Or I'm the one who just behaved like this. I mean, I can't believe I just did that. So you must understand that though you are with yourself, it is not always a reality that you know yourself. It is not evident that you know yourself because a lot of us don't study ourselves. We don't. We just came into this world and we found this person and we started rolling. Do you understand? So, unfortunately, now the, the knowledge of self, the study of self, you know, psychology, psychiatry, and all of but more psychology. A lot of us haven't really, you know, given ourselves much into that, obviously, for various reasons. But I'm, telling, I'm trying to tell you that if you're going to deal with humans, there's going to be a need, especially if you're going to be a successful person as dealing with human beings. You got to learn, first of all, yourself. It's got to start with a proper understanding of who you are yourself. I guess just the lack of proper knowledge of ourselves is at the forefront of many things not happening of many things not working well. Not that the people are not cooperative. It's that you don't even have a proper understanding of who you are yourself. And that lack of the, uh, limited knowledge that you have of yourself is fighting against you. So you are not interpreting things based on the fact that maybe the deficiency is from here. But you are rather interpreting them based on the fact that the deficiency is from these ones. But you've never realized consider that maybe I don't know myself well. And because I don't know myself well, myself keeps jeopardizing my own plans. And I have never taken the time to study myself well. What is your temperament? I'm choleric. I'm this. I'm that. Just out of the blue, I'm this. Because I saw a, 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 a block and I saw... And, that is the smallest reduced size of, that's what I mean, I don't even like those blocks because really they are so shallow that if you are operating with them only, my God. The subject is deeper than that, way deeper than that. And you are using at eight words that were placed in a block. Eight this side, eight this side, eight strength, eight weaknesses. And then you are looking and saying, no, no, I think I'm this. I'm not saying you are totally wrong, but I'm also saying you might not be totally right. Do you understand? You should have a proper understanding that this thing is very important and you are using a very shallow knowledge to determine it. And for the rest of your life, you, and that's, this is how we are. I mean, we don't like spending too much time on something. So one, two, three, I think is this. And then, okay, let's move to something else. You see, So you are now moving to other important things and you didn't settle this one properly well. And before you know it, 
start coming back to bite you. So, the first aspect of you being here tonight or this afternoon is to know myself. It's very important. It's important to have a deep, proper knowledge of self. Very, very important. And I believe that you can only affect your world to the better degree, to the degree in which you have properly accessed knowledge about yourself. Do you understand? So we are so quick to lead others, but not ourselves. We are so quick to train others, but not ourselves. We are so quick to study others, but not ourselves. We are so quick to do so many. We are so quick to control others, but not self-control. We are are so quick to that side. We want to quickly do that side, but not self. I guess it's because we think we've sorted ourselves. Self is okay. I know self. I control self. I've taught self. So I want to teach everybody else. You find people, they don't read books, but they want to teach. Plenty. We hate reading, but we like teaching. So we hate training self, but we like training others. Very good at it. We cannot control self, but we like controlling others. We don't take time to know self, but we want to know others. You should have one-on-one with you. Once in a while. It's called self-introspection. Check yourself. If you are doing that often, you will get a lot of answers about the things that are not working in your life. You see, because you are never checking self. So self is forever there with its deficiencies, which you are never aware of. And you keep jumping into bigger things. God is helping us tonight. So that's the first aspect. Self-awareness. Self, it's very important to know yourself. I think Socrates was busy with that for a long time. Know thyself. Know thyself. Know thyself. Very important to know yourself. Don't try to know this person once you don't even know yourself well. Try to know yourself. And that knowledge of self will assist you in knowing even who to hook up with, who to partner with. It, it becomes, because I know the type of person I am, I can therefore dis- determine, I think, based on who I am, I think moving with this or this will not work well. And rather moving with this will work better. Because we don't have a good knowledge of self, we hook up with wrong people. And then we are paralyzed till we die. Because I've never taken the time to know self well, to understand myself. I've quickly moved to know everybody else. I've mentioned three books. I don't know if any of you wrote the books down to even go and search for them. You see, I'm not interested. 
You are just looking at me. Finish. I want to go. I'm hungry. I want to go. And you are aware that you are hungry, but you are not aware that you don't know this, you don't know this, you don't know this, you don't know this. I wish you had the same knowledge that you have of hunger on other areas of your life that you are equally aware that I don't know this. I'm equally aware that I'm deficient here, but not that I'm hungry and it's Sunday. And after all, you were told yesterday that you are coming here today. So if you knew yourself well, you are going to know that you will be hungry after 4 o'clock and that you should make a plan for yourself. Now you are coming here, you are looking at me as if you didn't know. As if you didn't know that something is happening today. And I come across as if I'm uncaring that I, I, I'm, not, I'm not considering your needs. But except if you are dealing with a leader who is suffering from amnesia, that though he was informed that we are meeting today and we are dealing with this, he didn't inform you. So don't get angry at me if you are hungry. <laughs> Locate your leader and ask him to sort you out. Locate your leader. I believe being a leader involves taking care of the people. Jesus fed 5,000 men. You have, a few, you have five men, and you cannot feed five men. And you are calling yourself a leader. Hmm? Seppo, you just arrived. You're already, you already, you already screaming. You just arrived. And you are not at church in the morning. So now, these people have been hit by the church programs and stuff. You are joining them as if you are saying. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. If I'm aware of myself, I will know after 12 I get hungry. And because I get hungry after 12, and I will be out maybe until 8. Hello, somebody. I should think. I should think. I should plan. But I will not. I know myself. I know myself. Then you are not here. You see? You are looking at me. You are looking at me. That's what I'm trying to say. That it starts in those small, small things. The fact that you are unable to think like I know myself. <clears throat> After the service, I'm hungry. You are not discovering it now. You always know it. But have you done anything about it? Nothing. No plan. Until now. So, and I guess the reason you haven't done it about because you see, you don't think that knowledge is important. You don't think that knowledge of yourself, that yourself keeps reporting this card to you. You are not taking it seriously. And it starts in those simple things. And it goes to bigger things that he will report and you do nothing about it. Yeah. Are you with me? So self-awareness. Self-awareness. Psalm 139. Oh, yes. 
verse 14 and 16. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's a very important piece of scripture. I am made. I mean there's a mixed up, there's a mix, there's there's a lot of things that have come together. When you say I've made something, when you say I've made here, made them, I mean somebody has taken time to put things together for that thing to be. So after a while, David felt he is fearfully and wonderfully made. My, my main focus is that word made, made, made. Very few things are made with just one material. Most of the time, when something is made, you find out that many things have come together for that thing to be made. Do you understand? And now that's where the importance of knowing yourself kicks in. Because you are made. You didn't make yourself. Somebody made you. And then he probably used different things to make you. And we are looking at one specific aspect of the maid called the temperament. That's where our little talk is. That aspect of you. The makeup that came together to define your temperament. And I want you to understand tonight, it's not as simple as you think. It's not just like I was saying earlier, one, two, three, three, I'm, I'm this, and then and I'm this. And I'm, no, it's not like that. Now, what is a temperament? And how do we define temperaments? We define temperaments based on reactions. Reactions. That's, that's the only defining element that we use. Reactions. It is proven that the same event that happens to two different people will lead to two different reactions. And reactions have been classified into four groups. You understand? Like There are four ways people react to things. If something happens... I'm talking about the same thing that, I, okay, maybe let's say somebody got insulted. Like somebody looked and said, swine, foolish man, or foolish girl, something like that, like stupid, an insult. That is an event that has taken place. That particular event that has taken place will lead to four different reactions, depending on who depending on the, the, the mixture in the person. I'm trying to show you where we are getting temperament. Like, where, where, are, we, where are we getting this whole thing called temperament? Where, where is this coming? It's coming from reactions. 
reactions. So, the first person can react, his reaction will be quick and immediate. As soon as you say swine, he say pork. <laughs> Do you understand? Like, he doesn't, he, like, you understand? He just goes straight on immediately. As you hit, he hits. Just ask your neighbor already about that. Which, how do you react to things? What are they saying? So you have people that react quickly. Quickly and fast. Or is it the same thing? Quick? Is it? I'm saying the same thing. All right. Uh, I want to say, like, no, like they, re- they respond immediately and then they move. You understand? Like, yeah, like they don't stay, they don't stay on it for, yeah, they, they, they don't stay on it for a very long time. They just hit it, you understand? And maybe they're waiting now, what are you, you going to say next, type of a situation? Do you understand? And there are, there are, there's another person that will also be quick, but when he, when he answers you, he doesn't answer like exactly like, like this guy says swine. He says pork. Do you understand? He's going to answer you, but in a way that is a bit milder. It's also immediate, but it's not as harsh as the first one answered you just now. Yeah, maybe he will say chicken. Like if you say pork, he will say chicken. Mm. Yeah, he's he, he he's a bit milder. He's also quick, but not as sharp as this other one. He's reacting like he doesn't wait too long to react. He reacts also, but not with a lot of arrows like the other one just did. He maybe used some small knives or something like that. You get it. Then you have the third guy. The third guy will first start thinking of how to respond to you. It's the same, it's the same thing that they also said to him, swine. But he doesn't respond immediately. He's first analyzing, what is swine? What, 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 what was that? Like, what are you trying to say? Are you implying or are you supplying? Like, what are you trying to do? You get it? Like, he is, he is now, and I want you to see yourself. Don't imagine what you are imagining. And don't, you see, because most of us here, you are wish thinking. Because you guys have all come across the temperament and say, no, I think I like this one. 
that you lack something doesn't mean you are that thing. And we are deceiving ourselves. Because when you look at the fourth temperament, no, I think choleric, choleric is strong. I like, I, I like. Just because choleric is strong doesn't mean you are like that. To know who you are, we need to check your reactions. How do you react to things? How do you react to life? That's the best indication of your tendencies rather than what you are seeing there and you are choosing things for yourself. Check how you react to events. How you react is the, because that is what was used to define temperaments in the first place. It's not, not, it's, it's not, it's not that I like this. We all have things we like. But I'm sure you've noticed that what you like is usually not necessarily what is there. Most people that have Tatas, they drive Tatas, they like Toyotas. <laughs> or they drive uh, 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 Hyundai, they like BMW. But like, that you like something doesn't mean that's what is there. So you must make the difference between your aspiration and your realizations. There's a big difference between the two. We need to operate initially with reaction. Now, Koketso uh, has been gone for a while now. Can Tommy go and check if that guy is fine? Amen. And the last one will ignore. He will turn a blind eye as if nothing was said, as if nothing was done, simply because he doesn't like what you want to bring. He knows where you are taking with, he knows where you want to go with this thing, and he doesn't want that. So because he knows that if he has to respond, it will lead to something. He doesn't want that thing. So he will ignore. I've given you four reactions. And I'm telling you now that temperament is more than anything else defined by reactions. Not by words that you have seen in a blog. I keep repeating myself. It is reaction, reaction, reaction. How I respond when something has happened. How I handle things. How, that, how I go about, because you, are, you know yourself better than anybody when it comes to how you respond to things. So use that to define your temperament. As we're going to be going deeper, I'm just showing you, start by just understanding that reactions are very important. Are you with me? Yes. All right. Now, I would like to talk about 
the difficulty in knowing your temperament. Before we look at them, let me just... Now, do you understand how temperament is defined? Through reaction. I'll come back on that. Just, I'll, I'll come back and I'll show you how a choleric response. I'll show you how, you know, the different responses. Now, why is it difficult to know your temperament? I've already given you the first reason. Most people don't take time to know themselves. And because we don't take time to know ourselves, chances are we, might, we could easily wrongly define our temperament. Because we don't take time to read, to study deeply, so that we can have a proper understanding. The second reason why it could be a bit difficult to define your temperament could be the nature of sin in your life. Sin and temperament are not the same thing. Now, you must, you, you must understand that sin has an effect on people. And that sometimes what you are, defi- you are, you are, you are defining as your temperament could rather be the, the effect of sin in your life. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, to the degree in which sin has been allowed expression, sin works also in behavior. So, sin affects behavior. And you could be defining your temperament based on behavior, but the behavior could be finding its source or the greater part of its, its effect or influence rather from the root of sin than from the root of other things as we're going to see just now. So the presence of sin is also an issue in our lives. Number three, your parents. People that are lucky are people that the father is a choleric, the mother is a choleric. If your father is a choleric, your mother is a choleric, chances are you will be a choleric. Most probably. If your father is a phlegmatic, your mother is a phlegmatic, nice. Like it's easy to know your temperament if both your parents have the same type of temperament. But you and I know that that doesn't usually happen. That it's not easy that the father is a choleric, the mother is a choleric. Now, the mixture of temperaments from your parents also has an effect on you as a child. You didn't only inherit their skin color, their height, all these other things. You've also inherited their temperaments. A part of what you call you actually came from this one, and a part of what you call you came from that one. And depending on who had stronger genes, you might now find out that that is affecting you. Are you with me? So before you are claiming things here on the, on, on the board, just check, is my, father, is my father having these things? Is my mother having these things? Do you get it? Because usually, it's not far from there. 
It's somewhere there. Even if not fully, but it's somewhere there. So don't just be there running away from what you can clearly see is here. I'm just saying, let's understand it very well so that when we start moving, we are more open-minded. Not just, I'm, I'm a sanguine, I'm a choleric, I'm a phlegmatic, I'm a this. Like the way, some of you, it's clear, you are really phlegmatic. I mean, we, we can see. But, but to which degree? To which degree? Do you get it? All right. There are three questions I would like you to answer in understanding yourself a little bit. I forgot to give them to you when we talk about reactions. First question. Do I react immediately and vehemently or slowly and superficially to a strong impression made upon me? Impression may maybe like, like I mentioned, an insult. How do I respond? When something happens to me, do I respond immediately and vehemently or slowly and superficially? So I want you now to ask this question to the person sitting next to you. Do you respond immediately? Vehemently means strongly. Or do you respond slowly and superficially when something has been done to you or something happened to you? Don't ask the question out of hunger. Ask the question in context. Don't focus. You see, you see if you focus on your hunger, you can become a phlegmatic here now like this. Like some of you, your temperament is dependent on circumstances. If I give all of you sweet, you become a sanguine. If you are hungry, you become a phlegmatic. Do you get it? Ask the question to the person next to you. How do you respond to things? Can, okay, before you ask, let me say something. You know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to clear... Hey, please, guys. I'm, tra I'm trying to clear um, false assumptions or, or false perceptions or partial truth about who you think you are. So by the questions I'm asking, I want you to be honest. Do you get it? Just be honest that, you know, because you know how you respond to things. I mean, do, are you like strongly immediately or you take your time to calculate your, your step well before you take it? Do you understand? Uh-huh. Now ask the question. Ask the people the question. Somebody must ask Abiso the question because Abiso is excusing himself. 
from, from, this, from this thing. Okay, next question. Am I inclined to act at once or to remain calm and to wait? Like, do I act at once or I remain calm and I wait? Do I act at once or do I remain calm and wait a little bit before I act? Go ahead, ask them the question now. Please ask them the question to help them discover themselves. Don't make it a play session. We are very serious. Number three, does the excitement last for a long time or only for a short while? Do you understand what we mean by excitement? By excitement we mean, look for example, if what was done was hurtful, does it last? So do you remain hurt for a longer time? Or is it just like after a while it disappears? Is it short or is it, does it take longer? Like something when it happens, does it remain with you? Like that thing that happened, does it remain with you a bit longer? Or it doesn't take long and you are, you are out of it. No, ask the question. You cannot ask the question to the people. Okay. Richard, uh, Richard, do you have somebody? Do you have somebody? You don't have somebody. Okay. Uh, there, there's Shepherd Blessing here. Shepherd Blessing is here. Let them two be two. Huh? Oh, okay, okay. All right. Shepherd blessing, are you? You are all right, not a problem. So nobody wants to deal with LP. Huh? Why?
Next question. Let's now deal with offenses. Offense. When you get offended, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm giving you the situation. When there's, because offense are very common, right? So when you get offended, here's the, this is how you need to now decide your temperament. Do you forgive quickly? You see that the things you've been using to define your temperament, you're not understanding yourself. This is the reality. Eh? But remember, like I said, sin is involved in that thing. Don't forget that sin is also playing a major role in affecting you there. Yeah. If you are the type that when you are offended you don't forgive easily the person you don't after the offense you don't talk to them for a while and you can go for weeks without talking to this person do you get it yeah like you you really make them feel it could easily fall in two groups. Either you are melancholic or you are choleric. You are very revengeful. You don't forgive people easily and you can go without talking to them for weeks. You are either a melancholic or you are a choleric. You are somewhere there. Then if you are the type that you get angry but not for long. Do you get it like within a day or two you want to communicate again like you, you want you want to flow. You don't want to stay in this thing now for a thousand years. Like You wish we should get back on the flow and get going again. Do you get it? Uh-huh. You are either a sanguine or a phlegmatic. That's somewhere there. The best way to know your temperament, like I'm saying, is to observe reactions. Don't label yourself with certain things because you like it. Yeah, because we are, we are very good at that. 
most of the time, because we hate ourselves, yes, most people hate themselves. So they always feel it's better on the other side. So for some reasons, when they see something that looks a bit more appealing, and for some, I don't know why, but some, for some reasons, because of the nature of the temperament disposition, you find out that the cholerics and the sanguines are the extroverts. The melancholic and the phlegmatics are the introverts. And most people have tagged being an introvert as a bad thing. Janice, it seems like if you're an introvert person, you, you are not nice, like something is wrong with you. So everybody wants to run away from being an introvert. But I'm showing you the scripture. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. If you could learn to discover the fearfulness and the wonderfulness in your making, you will stop running away from what God gave you. And even when temperaments are taught, usually the emphasis is placed on cholerics and sanguines. And, 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 and melancholics and, and phlegmatics are downplayed. Do you understand? In most instances, because even when we start showing you, like, it seems like these ones are the top, top notch, and this and this and this and that, and these ones are a little bit like low rank. And it is because of that particular realization that people started gravitating towards other things than what they were actually made to be by God. So, so if, you, if you need to assess yourself well, you need to assess yourself from the perspective of every temperament was created by Almighty God. And I don't know why David is saying here that it's fearful and wonderfully made, but this was written so that you too will understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Despise your temperament that, I don't know who was, who was teaching on temperament the day you happened to be there, and they made it look like, Introverts are low rank and extroverts are higher rank. Do you understand? And based on that, based on that, and also because my father, Bishop Dark, he's always hitting phlegmatic, you understand, because of the nature of it. So you find out that if you are a phlegmatic, you will not want to be a phlegmatic around him. Those are the realities. No phlegmatic can survive. You understand? So it's as if the phlegmatic temperament shouldn't exist. Do you understand? And he usually addresses it from the aspect of its weaknesses and how they affect and affect ministry work. But if you listen to him deeply, you will also hear how he praises phlegmatics as pastors and shepherds. So I really need us to look at ourselves from the lens of reactions, not from the lens of wishful desires. Did you understand the English I just spoke there now? All right. mm. Now, quickly... Why is it important to know your temperament? 
and the temperament of others around you. I would like to take a few answers on this question. Why do you think it is important to know your temperament and the temperament of those around you? Come, easy. Come and answer. I see the way you are looking at me. You want to answer the question. But you are asking yourself, is it the right platform to answer this question? Come and answer, my son. Tell me what you think. Why do you think it's necessary to know your temperament and the temperament of those around you? Uh, I feel like when you get to know your temperament better, you know how I should act, how I should react, what are my bases in life, and for the other and for others around you, like because isn't it from the disciples' perspective, from the disciples' perspective, like you get to know how they assess the, you know you get to know how you are, you can assess somebody by knowing their temperament, so that you don't. For an example, today our shepherdess was speaking about dealing with goats, dealing with sheep, dealing with deers, those type of things. So when you deal with somebody, for an example, if you deal with somebody with a melancholic type of thing like if you're choleric and you're dealing with a melancholic you won't win because you're being so strong it's like you're cutting them those type of things yeah awesome awesome praise the lord i think you summed it up very nice for all of us so knowing my temperament is very important because it helps me understand myself. Why am I like this? Why? Like, it helps you to stop thinking there's something wrong with you. That's the first thing. You will discover that, you know, those predispositions have got nothing to do with your choice. God made you to be like that. And it's because of a purpose he has. And that purpose need that mixture. You are just struggling because you are comparing. Another thing that causes us to not enjoy our temperamental predisposition because we compare ourselves with a lot of other people. So when you compare yourself to this one, you compare yourself, you say, hey, I wish I was like her, I wish I was like this one. So because of that, because of that, you are unable to embrace yourself and even tap to your full potential in becoming who God created you to be. Do you understand? Do you understand that if Moses was a choleric, these guys were never even going to leave Egypt. They were never going to leave Egypt to start with. No, I'm just telling you. They just needed to challenge him a few times the way they did challenge him if he was a choleric. He was going to clear them. Like, even before Pharaoh comes, he was going to deal with them himself and finish with them by himself. But his nature of being slow in taking action allowed him to move for 40 years with a bunch of complaining people that are ungrateful. He was able to manage these people for 40 years. People who keep making him feel that he's not doing a good job. People who keep saying to him, no, we want to actually go back. You, you, are, you are not taking us anywhere. Yeah. Imagine if 
Moses was a choleric. If that was his disposition. And the only time he became a choleric, he, got, like, he, he lost it so much that God had to say, okay, I think this is it. You can't go. Yeah. The day he now turned into a choleric, that was the day his thing ended, actually. So as you feel that you must necessarily be this, you may not understand that your mixture is for the purpose and that it takes this mixture for this thing to ever work. And if you continue just allowing the Holy Spirit, that's why you need to read all the books, Spirit Control Temperament, so the Holy Ghost can now help you enhance all the beauty of your character. So you don't need to envy anybody. You don't need to envy anybody. Mm. Everybody wants to be a choleric. Look at a choleric called Paul. Look at the type of problems this guy had in his life. Went around killing people, beating people. Do you see how people hated Paul? Even when Paul is far, people go there to, you will feel it. They are after him everywhere he is going. As soon as they hear Paul, they say, aha, we have come, we have come, we have come. Because of how strong he was, the opposition against him was equally strong. You must read your Bible and see if any other apostle has had the type of problems that Paul has had in this life. So it's not just about, and he has achieved more than all of them because so the same temperament has assisted him in achieving a lot, but the same temperament got him into a lot of problems. Hmm? We are owing the book of Revelation. Do you think we are owing the book of Revelation to a choleric? We're not owing the book of Revelation to a choleric. We're not owing the book of 1 John, 2 John and 3 John, all the, the gospel according to John to a choleric. I will not be surprised that John was a phlegmatic. Just like to take his thing easy, relax, always talk about love, love one another. He's, do you understand? Yeah. No, apart from his writings, do you know anything else that John has done? Apart, apart from the writings. The only person that was with Jesus on the cross. Very close. Very, very, co- very, very loyal. Yeah, the only person that remained there until the very last minute. Each temperament has great strength. But if you are forever just looking at productivity from what you are thinking productivity is, you will miss temperaments. You will misjudge them. You will misjudge them. Are you with me? All right. The other important things about knowing the temperaments for yourself is because once you understand how temperaments work, you will stop being proud. Why? Because you will realize that you are not smart. You were made like that. It's not that you've acquired this. Like maybe you went and did some serious work. That's why you are perfectionist. Or that's why you are very this. 
the dispositions are already there. You've just tapped into them. So therefore, you should humble yourself instead of you feeling as if you are higher than anybody. Realize that whatever is in you was given you. It's not that, because usually the choleric feels is superior to everybody. Do you understand? But if you could understand that, God gave him a few things. And it is those things that are making him to be the way he is. It's not that he went to school and learned how to be like that. The sanguine is not excited because he wants to be excited. Some things were placed inside. He just became excited. He himself can't explain why he's excited. He's just excited. He's just talking. Which school did he go to to learn how to talk a lot? Like I'm taking a course on talking a lot. I'm taking a course on being the, the, the life of the party. He's never taken any course. He just woke up to realize he is this, he is this, she is this, he is that. So you cannot, that's why Paul says, why do you boast about something that was given you? Why do you boast? And why do you feel better than anybody? Because God gave it. It is not something you acquired by your own effort. And that is what will cause you and I to live humble lives. To not feel we are superior to anybody. And, and that's where all those parts come from because you are unable to appreciate another person to whom God has also given something that if you could take time to explore what they have, you realize how important it is. You realize how important it is. We are all enjoying medication today. And I wish to tell you that most of the medication that you are using today are discovered by other phlegmatic or melancholics. Because they are the ones who will stay in a laboratory for hours and days without end to find the cure. A choleric cannot stay there for the whole day like that. Just now he's tired. The, the sanguine, after talking a few minutes and the thing is not coming together, he will move to another formula. He will not stay there. But you need these guys that can stay calm when things are not working and they keep trying and they keep trying and before you know it, you have your vaccine. And when the vaccine is there, they, are not, they don't feel that they should come and talk about it. Then the choleric take the result and come and stand here and say, this is what we have discovered. Because we need all those people. But everybody is playing a vital role. And if you don't learn to respect them, that is where we start having the clashes. That is why we are having the clashes. Because you are the one announcing it on TV. Have you noticed that it is the president that comes and announces what has happened in this? Does he even know how the thing was made? The people that work laboriously to actually do that thing are not anywhere near there. You can't even see them. But they are the ones who made it happen. They are the ones who made it happen. And if they all decide to not make anything happen, that is the end of bread. That is the end of most of the things that you see are done by people you don't see. And most of those people you don't see are usually either phlegmatic or melancholic. And yet they control most of what you see. 
in the church. You will find people that are actually holding the church, but you don't see them. The real people that are actually making things happen, they usually, they don't want to, to be seen because that is not what matters. What matters is the thing to be done. That's what matters. You see, when you are having low self-esteem, when you are suffering from lack of love growing up, then you want to be seen all the time. It's like, like it's so important to you that you come out. It matters so much to you that people should know I brought my two cents into that thing. But that is not, you see, that you brought your two cents or your hundred cents or your million cents. What matters now is that the thing is done. That is more important than you coming to tell us that you brought your two cents. And this is why we are struggling. And this is, this is where our fight is coming from. All the fights in the churches are connected to temperamental dispositions that are not well handled and well managed. So people are, the phlegmatics are no more happy to be phlegmatics. They feel that they are too attacked. And then the choleric are feeling the phlegmatics are too slow. And the, 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 the melancholic are feeling that the sanguines are too loud and they're making a lot of noise and they don't produce much, but they just talk a lot. And the melancholic and the, the sanguines are feeling that the melancholics are always coming with these moods and they always influence the whole place and people can't enjoy. So we need to, first of all, what I'm trying to do tonight is just to help you be at ease with yourself. Be at ease with yourself. Stop desiring things that might not be there. Stop rejecting something great that God did. Stop rejecting it. Accept it. By accepting it and embracing it and allowing the Lord to work on it, you'll be surprised that without that melancholic or that choleric or that whatever mixture, we can't have what we have. We can't have what we have. We can't have it. Praise the Lord. All right. So with that understanding, let's now start. Let's start with the choleric temperament. I'm going to show you now the block. And I hope you understand what the, the block is. What must you focus on? What must you focus on to know your temperament? Reaction. Don't claim words. It's not about that. 
you understand? Yes. Now we're going to start. Let's start with first the weaknesses. Then we do the strength. So that we always end on a good note. Mm. Mary, where are you going? Okay. Here are the weaknesses. A choleric is bossy. Highly opinionated. Meaning once he said, once he make up his mind about something, we cannot change his mind. Do you get it? He doesn't analyze details. He's always chasing the big picture. That's why it is very easy for him to crush people along the way. Because he's not interested in all those things. He's wanting things to happen. That's what he's interested in. So it's very easy for him to hurt a lot of people all the time. That's not his plan. He just wants to get this thing done. And in getting it done, doesn't matter who's going to get hurt. I'm talking about a pure choleric, not... What you are thinking. If you want to understand a choleric Adolf Hitler, do you understand? Like, most of the great generals that you know about were all cholerics, most of them. But let's just use Adolf Hitler for the sake of what we are trying to do. Do you understand? I am determined, this is what I'm going to do. Do you know how many presidents came to meet Adolf Hitler to talk to him? to explain to him why he shouldn't do what he's doing. So many. It didn't change anything. Highly opinionated. Once he decides, this is what I'm going to do. That's it. Now, it is a very important quality to have to get things done. You can't get things done if you are not like that. But equally, it can become a weakness because in being like that, you will miss a lot of things along the way. You will miss the details. So a choleric might be in a great thing, but he doesn't enjoy it. He doesn't have time to enjoy things. He's busy making things happen. He doesn't really take the time to experience it, enjoy it, feel it. No, 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 no. So he might have a big house and never sleeps there. He might have a big car and never drives it. Except if there is a function where he needs to show off, then he goes with it. But on a normal day, he just wants things that will help him get the things done. It will interest you to know that Hitler was not living in very big. He, was, he had a small some house somewhere in the, in the bush, in the forest. That is where he was operating from. He was ruling the whole world from a forest somewhere. So a choleric also, another problem is that he rushes quickly into decisions. He's impulsive. 
swine, pork. Like he, he decides quickly. He just, do you understand? He hits immediately. He doesn't think much. And it's a good thing, but it's usually also a problem for him. And that is where the melancholy can hit him. And other characters can easily hit him there because they know he doesn't think much about things. He's just moving. And he may be rude and tactless, meaning he doesn't really care the effect of his words on people. When he speaks his mind, he speaks his mind as he hears it. He doesn't sit and think about the words. I'm talking about a pure choleric, not a choleric that is not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because some of you, you are not choleric, you are just rude. You are not a choleric person. You are just a rude, the spirit of rudeness is in you. It's sin. Understand the difference. Don't say, aha, uh -huh. you see, I'm a choleric, I'm always rude to people. That, nah, no. Could be that, you see, we didn't start with being rude. And when we go to the, to the strength now, you will see if you are also hitting them. A choleric manipulates people. He manipulates. Yeah. So when you are dating a choleric, I'm telling you, he met you in the morning, ne? by three o'clock, you have removed your, 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 your staff. He will, between, between six o'clock, you met him to three o'clock in the afternoon, you are out. You are out. You yourself will be asking yourself, what has happened to me? What's going on? And he's intentional about manipulation. It doesn't, it's not something that, listen, it's not something that happened by chance. No, he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows which button to press to, to flip you. Very manipulative. Very, very manipulative. He can cry to manipulate you. Yeah, he can use other people to manipulate you. Do you get it? Yeah. So when you are dealing with a choleric, you are, you are never really sure if you are dealing with the real person. You are never fully sure of who you are actually dealing with because he is very skimmy. Yeah, and cunning. And he's demanding of others. The demands never end. Every day there's a, a, a to-do list for everybody. <laughs> full of instructions. And he knows exactly what everybody has to do. He is good, he's very good at giving everybody a job. Do you get it? And he can easily make work his God because he's a workaholic. A choleric is a workaholic. Don't claim to be a choleric when you are always sleeping. You are forever dreaming. That I don't understand your, your, your cholerism. I don't understand it. 
A choleric is a workaholic. Work makes him happy. The more he works, the more happy he is. You are saying you are choleric. Three o'clock, you are already tired. Five o'clock, you are already What type of choleric are you talking about? Mm. Yes. If you are a real choleric, it is revealed by the work. You see, work may be like his God. Like he views work like if you want to operate well around the choleric, you must be a workaholic. Like you can't survive around him if you, are, if you, are, you don't have strong work ethics. You can't. A choleric finds it hard to enjoy life. Yeah. A real choleric cannot easily sit and enjoy. He's always feeling bad that he's enjoying. It, 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 it bothers him. It bothers him. Why? What, could I, what could I have been doing now as I'm sitting here watching this, or as I'm sitting here talking to you, I think I could be doing something important. Why? Why? I mean, all, I'm, I'm checking what I'm doing with you and what I could be doing, and I'm checking that maybe, maybe what I'm doing with you is lower, and it's a, like, until he realizes that spending time talking to you matters in the higher realm of things. For a long time, he will always view it as a waste of his time. A choleric, he is overly self-confident. Yeah. He comes strong. He, he wants you to know he is the man. Like, he is your true north. <laughs> Together. Like, don't, don't think much. He is here now. He is your true north. Just follow him. That's all. And he's hard to please. When you think you understand something he wanted, as soon as you come, he, he, it, it, has, it has changed again. Now there's something else. Hmm? Yes, that's, there's something else that has now mattered. Like in between yesterday and today, he has discovered something else. And all of a sudden, that one is no more important. Yesterday, he taught you about prayer. Like prayer is the most important thing. Today, he asked you, what did you do? You said you prayed for three hours. He said, why can you waste three hours praying? What about visitation? Do you realize that visitation, how can you spend the whole time praying? Why are you not visiting the people? So you can easily become confused. That what exactly do you want? You said I must pray. I started praying. Now, uh, you say, no, no, visitation. And when you think you're understanding visitation, it will not come until that. Have you been interacting with the people properly? You get it. So it's not easy to please this person. And he's impatient. Inflexible. It's not easy to change him. Do you understand? Understand a choleric. Don't, don't imagine things. Understand. This is a choleric. He's inflexible. He's very, very strong in his stance. 
And this is what gets the job done with a colleague. That's why he easily succeeds anywhere he goes. Because he's inflexible. Nothing can change him. Once he gets there, that job will happen. Whatever he's supposed to do will happen. Do you understand? That's why cholerics pioneer a lot of things. They go where nobody has succeeded and they succeed. It's because there's something in them that never gives up. (laughs) Never. Never, 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 never. They are stubbornly stubborn. You can't stop him. Yeah. They are hard. Very tough. So a choleric can easily start a church. He might not be able to grow it, but he can start it. Do you understand? So Paul started churches everywhere. He just starts a church. He arrives here, finds so many obstacles, but the church will start. They will beat him up. They will throw him in jail, but the church will start. He's here to start the church. The church is going to start. They will, they will take, wherever you throw him, a church starts. That is, if you want to understand the trademark of a choleric, the trademark of a choleric is that he gets the job done. No matter the obstacles. I I repeat that. No matter the obstacles, a choleric will win. Yeah. When we are using nature to explain a choleric, we call him rock. A choleric is a rock. Hard. Hard. Very, very tough. And we need such people because even when you want to open a land to build a city or whatever, you don't start by sending your, uh, your masons there. There are certain engines you start first to debruise the land. They come like the bulldozers. They break everything on the way. They clear the land for you. Do you understand? You don't you don't send your soft, soft guys. They can't do the work. Two things, they will be, they will be out. One insult, they are cleared. You bring guys that can break the baobab trees. They can clear the plane. Like you will be asking himself, is this person working alone or what is going on with him? So his nature kicks in. The more the obstacle, the, the harder he becomes. The more the obstacle, he gets harder until he breaks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's how it is. Look, he enjoys controversies and arguments. Like, he, he doesn't mind, he doesn't mind opposing you in your own house. You can be giving a lift to a choleric and he start insulting you in your own car. You'll be surprised. 
No, no, he will not, he will not say, he will not say, no, I'm in your castle, I should keep my opinion to myself. No, he will face you squarely without any shame. And it's natural. Like he will just be opposing you and he will just be contradicting you. Just normally. I mean, and he's not feeling anything. Before you are saying you are choleric, understand very well. Can't say I'm sorry. To hear I'm sorry, it means the Holy Ghost has worked for years. Yes, yes. A lot of work. Before a little I'm sorry. Because he's opinionated and he's enjoying controversies and he likes arguments. So, why must he say I'm sorry? He's enjoying the argument. He's enjoying the argument. He's insensitive to needs of others. Very insensitive. It takes a lot of work by the Holy Spirit for him to start feeling that, Ish, maybe I didn't speak well here. Or, naturally, he will just hurt people. Like just, he will hold the microphone. By the time he's done, everybody is angry. People are not happy. These ones, these ones, <laughs> these ones are not happy. Like, and the wife is hurt. The wife is angry. Everybody is angry. You get it? Yes. So it's either I'm describing you or I'm describing somebody you know. Mm. <laughs> it's either I'm describing you or I'm describing somebody you know. Or you thought you knew the person because when you met them, they were fronting a certain character. And now, You are discovering something and you don't know what you are dealing with. You don't understand what you are dealing with. And he disliked tears or she disliked tears and emotions. When you are married to a choleric woman, you are married to a rock. Just know it. You are marrying a rock. Understand that there might not be a lot of laughter as you, you want it. Yeah. She wants to know, what did you do today? Me, I went to work, I came back. What did you do today? That will be the talk in the house. Results. I want to know what you did today. Mm. What did you do today? And then when, when, when you are asked, what did you do today? Then you start crying. And then they said, look, I'm not here for this. 
When you finish, let me know. Let me go, let me go and back. When you've, you've decided to do this, when you are done, let me know. Then we'll continue. Mm. Those are just the weaknesses of this guy or this girl. These are the weaknesses. And these are things that, you know, the Holy Ghost now needs to start working. Do you see why the Holy Ghost is needed? Because if the Holy Ghost doesn't work, you have another Hitler in a smaller version. Yeah. You have Hitler in a smaller version. So a person, you see, let me explain to you something. These, these guys, uh, the melancholic and the phlegmatics, when God calls them, they always say, why me? The, the, the cholerics and the sanguine, they ask God, why not me? <laughs> you understand? Like, God hasn't called them. They are asking God that, why are you passing me? I'm here. Are you not seeing that I'm around? Why not me? Let's look at the strength of a choleric. Here are the strengths. So I started with the weaknesses because when we start with the strength, everybody wants to be a choleric. A choleric is literally what you call a born leader. So it's very difficult for a choleric to be somewhere and he's not leading. Very difficult. Very, very difficult. As soon as he gets there, even when he doesn't want to, I promise you, it's like it will just happen. And before you know it, he's calling the shots. He's calling the shots. Wherever he is, he just takes over. So are you like that? When you were in school, were you taking over? Because when you were in school, you didn't know about the temperaments. You started knowing about the temperaments when you joined the church. Now that you've known the temperament, you know that a choleric takes over. Then you now want to take over. But the question is, if you are a choleric, even when you didn't know about the temperament, you were supposed to be taking over wherever you are. Okay, you guys don't want the truth. You, you want me to? You don't want the truth. You don't want the truth. Do you think Hitler became Hitler the day these people discovered him? Actually, you know Hitler, they just heard him speak. Yes, they just heard him speak. He was, not, he was nobody in the party. But they just heard him speak. They said, ah, the way that guy spoke, he must lead us. He must lead us. He didn't form that party. But they heard how he spoke. They said, no, 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 no. Come and lead us. Come and lead us. You say you are a colleague. You've never led anybody before. 
You've never, you don't have any track record of leading anything, even in the house. You haven't led conversations. You haven't led a WhatsApp group. You've never led in a WhatsApp group. You've never, anywhere you've never led. But you are telling me you are a choleric. From where? So you just like this, this, this nice thing, say, yeah, bon, yeah, Golden, yeah, Golden, yeah, yeah, bold and quick in image, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is dynamic and active, yes, yes, yes. Tends to dominate others, yeah. Fearless and bold. Exhibit confidence. You see, when you are not when you are not something and you see it, you like it. You want it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a choleric. Do not do not undermine these temperaments because of your own inadequacies. These temperaments have built the wealth that you see around you. It's not jokes. So if you are claiming it, at least prove it to some degree. Otherwise, locate yourself. Locate yourself. Bold and quick in emergencies. Bold and quick in emergencies. Bold and quick. As soon as they hear before you know it, they are there. They've arrived. Okay, so what's going on here? So what do you do? And they are there with solutions. Loaded with solutions. They know exactly what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. They tell you something. You say, okay, okay. Let me know. Let me know when it's over. Ne? I'm praying. I'm praying for you. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. You know, if I know, I was going to send to all of you. I just sent to the, to, to the Kalanyoni people. I was going to send to all of you guys to tell me, because now I'm already sharing, so you now know, but I wanted, I could have sent to all of you, yeah, so that you tell me what you think you are. Then by the time I start showing you now, then you can assess maybe better, ne? Yeah. He usually thrives in opposition. Do you understand that? Like opposition fuels him. Not deter him. He's rather, ah, the more the opposition, eh, the more he wants to show you that you will see now. You will see something. You will see something now. I'll show you something. I'll show you something. Opposition doesn't take him down. He's rather in it fully. You will feel him. Hey. You get it. He delegates work. Yeah. Because he knows how to make people work. And he's gonna do you do this, you do this, you do this, and he will you will do it. You will do it. He seeks practical solutions. 
A choleric is very practical. You don't bring him theories. He doesn't work with a lot of theories. Practical. It, it must work. It must make sense. It must be real. It must be something I can touch. There are people, they like talking. They like explaining the A. A choleric is not into a lot of talk. Practical. Is it working? Can you prove it? Can I see the real results of it? That's why he gets things done. If you keep church, you see, he gets things done. See, so organizes and promotes well. Tends to dominate others. Dynamic and active. A real choleric is always on the move. Always on, I'm telling you, you find him at his house by chance. He's on the move. There's always something he has to do. And something that I did not specify, that he's self-motivated. He said that he doesn't need you to come and spare him up. That is actually one of his biggest qualities is that he is self-motivated. Very, very self-motivated. He can get things done all by himself. You will just come and see the result is there like that. He doesn't need you to always be behind him. Hey, did you do this? What about this? No, 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 no. Long before you ask, is there. independent okay they're not easily discouraged you see so how you say you are choleric one obstacle you're already giving up hey why and you are saying you are choleric So you see that to the most part, we just like. And it's good to aspire to good things. But it doesn't mean you should deny what God gave you. Accept what God gave you and then just borrow what you need from here. Because you will find out that for you to achieve anything, you need what you are seeing here. You need this. Otherwise, you will not get much done. You need this. Fearless and bold. If you are forever fearful and shy, I'm sure you realize not much will happen. You see? Exudes, exudes confidence. Independent and self-sufficient. That is the part I was talking about. Self-motivation. Like he's independent. The guy can do things all by himself. You will think that this guy is under high supervision, but nobody is supervising him or her. But things are getting done as if there was a police behind him. You understand? That's what makes them a nightmare to the devil. When God really gets a proper choleric, I'm telling you, Satan is going to suffer. It's difficult. Very, very difficult. So Paul became a serious nightmare to the devil because this guy is not stopping. He is not stopping at all. He is on it. You hit him his back. You hit him his back. Hey, what is this? Can run anything. You just throw him there. You just throw him there. Just now he will become a, a sugar maker. Then you, <laughs> then you throw him there, he become a paper maker. Can, anything. Because the principles are the same. 
the principles are the same. That's why he can run a cell, he can run a church, he can run anything. He can run a choir, he can run anything. Insist in production. <laughs> production. Results. 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 They matter a lot. Mm. If you want to do well with a choleric, we talk results. Always. Yeah. That's the main subject. We're not talking about love. Or, no, no, no. Results. What is happening? Show me, show me what you are doing. So you can't say you are a choleric, but you don't like results. You can't say you are a choleric and you struggle to prove, to bring results. You struggle to achieve results and you struggle to talk about results. Because a choleric insists on production. It matters very much. Very, very much. And he moves quickly to action. Quickly, quickly. That's why he usually achieves more than the rest. That's why you hear Paul say that I've worked harder than everybody. Because he's forever moving into action. He's doing here, he's doing there, he's doing there. By the time you come, he has started another one here. Ah! He works like a mad person. Hmm? Now, I didn't write this. I'm just reading it for you. I asked you yesterday to okay, stand up, stand up. Tell them where are we getting this from. No. What, what did I do yesterday? I don't want people to stand up. <laughs> Thank you, my pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, yesterday, my pastor just uh, told me that he wanted me to design, um, to search these things, put it on a, like this, then just send it to him. So I had to go research and then afterward present it to Nothing, sir. Actually, you asked me for the documentation. I'm asking to go on the internet mm. and get the documentation about them. Because I didn't want you to feel that I'm picking up on you. <laughs> I didn't want you to feel that I'm not picking up on you. <laughs> I'm saying. So I asked, no, I asked him to go on the internet. I can show you the conversation. Yes, but I just, you know what? I want you to contemplate me. Because your answers showed me that I need to sit on this. So I said, just go on the internet, get the information, uh, design it. And he sent it to me this morning at around 2 a.m. I'm a choleric. What, what were you doing at 2 a.m.? We are busy at 2 a.m. We are working. <laughs> Just this morning, we got this information. Yes. My son came to my office. Now he found me reading the book he sent me. Just to refresh myself a little bit before I start teaching you. 
Like it's not something, I've just refreshed myself had two minutes before coming to talking to you right now. That I'm coming from three books I've read before. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So please, just leave me alone. I'm not attacking you. I'm showing you what is going on here. Thank you, sir. He insists in production. He insists on it. A real choleric wants to see results. He is after results himself. She is after results. They love results. Results is the gold. Oh. So that's why they appear to be insensitive because it seems like he doesn't care that you, 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 you just did this yesterday and you did that before. He's not coming back and he's asking you for things. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. And he does it naturally. It's not that it's something extra. Like, I'm, I mean, we are here now. Some of you are hungry at this. A colleague doesn't care about that. I want to be very honest with you. He's, he's, in fact, he's very irritated that he's trying to tell you something very important and you are talking about hunger. You shouldn't have come. You shouldn't have come. Those things don't interest him at all. But he needs the grace of God to start feeling them. But for a long time, he might not even be aware. That you were there, you, you were, you, your stomach was running, all, all of those things. So he works with group. We'll work for group activities. Why? What group? You see, there's action happening there, and he will be making the thing happen. Like he, not that he will come and join a group. No, no, no. He will lead all those things. He will make them happen. You see. Then he exerts sound leadership. So when he is leading you, you are feeling you are being led. You can really sense that a mind is behind this whole thing. You can sense the, the mind. You can start sensing somebody is thinking. Like somebody is actually behind this thing. I'm not just bumping into things. Somebody is actually intelligibly directing my steps. You sense it. So it's sound leadership. Like he's He's really, when he's leading you in a wrong thing, you will feel led in the wrong thing, like seriously. And when he's leading you in a good thing, you will feel led in the right thing, seriously. Hmm. Now, he's decisive, and he doesn't vacillate, meaning he doesn't change much. He doesn't hesitate too much. That's Apostle Paul. The man that achieved more than all the other guys put together, including Peter. Results. His trademark scripture. I can't remember the reference number, but most of you might know it. By the grace of God, I am what I am. But the grace of God was not without effect in my life. Why? I worked or I labored harder than all of them. Uh, Tabi, please, if you can find that scripture for me. Thank you. Hmm? Mm, it's one of my most favorite. A choleric will love this verse. If you are a real choleric, you love this verse. 
labored more abundantly than they all. That's the recollecting talking. He's aware of the results of everybody and he knows he's beat everybody. Do you understand? You are just doing the work of God out of love. He is not doing the work of God out of love. He is interested in the fact that he is ahead of all of you. You like it, you don't like it, it's your problem. As far as he is concerned, he has worked harder than everybody. You, you are saying, ah, but is it, not, is it not again about love? I mean, why are, you, why are you now comparing and this and this and this and that? Look, he's just making you aware that as far as I am concerned, I've worked more abundantly. Can you give it maybe like NLT or something else? Maybe tonight we might just cover choleric and sanguine. I don't know. Or we can do choleric and melancholic. <laughs> just to mix the beat. Then next week you come again. We do the last two. Hmm? I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. What are the other apostles? Andrew, John, Peter. He says he's worked harder than any of them. Why? Because he has assessed their results. You say you are choleric. <laughs> you say you are choleric. You haven't even worked harder than your, your small brother. You say you are choleric. You better stop it quickly. Ah. This is cholerism at its apex. This is pure cholerism. It's not just to say, no, me, I'm rude. Me, I'm angry. Me, I fight people. A choleric, me, I get results. I achieve results. When, when you come and check, when you come and check my things, you will see there are results everywhere, everywhere they are speaking. They are speaking. That's a choleric. Yes, as much as he is very insensitive or she is very insensitive, but you can actually give her credit for her work. Yeah, they get things done. Very much so. Mm. We need a lot of cholerics. If, if you're going to have church growth, you need cholerics. I'm not saying choleric wishes. That at the first obstacle, they have run away. You, can't, you, you don't even know where they are. You don't even know where they are. My goodness. You have to come and do it yourself again. You need real pure cholerics that on their own, they fight. Even when, you know, I know when I'm in the presence of a choleric because even when he doesn't know a lot, do you understand? Like he doesn't even know a lot of leadership skills and a lot of things, but even in the raw, his raw cholerism, you will find results. As raw and as village cholerics as it is, you come around where a choleric is, even if he's a bushman, you will be shocked. I'm telling you, you will be shocked that he will have more result than a city boy. I'm communicating to you guys. 
He will have more results. When you are a choleric, you are a choleric, like it starts on anything that you just start. You understand? Before long, it just starts taking shape. It just starts taking shape. When people come and check it, it just, it, it just seems to have a shape. Without a lot of supervision. I insist on that. Because who was, who was supervising Paul? Can you tell me who was supervising Paul? Who was telling him? To do? Paul is rather telling Timothy what to do. He's telling Titus what to do. But who is telling Paul what to do? So it's like that. Once the job is given to a choleric, you can go and sleep. By the time you wake up, there's something there. So in the ten talents, the one, five to ten, that's a choleric. One to one, that's a phlegmatic, 100%. 100%. Then the two to four, that's your melancholic, sanguine, they are fighting there. But the five to ten, 100% choleric, don't even compare him to a sanguine, I mean, he's there by himself. Then two to four, uh, sanguine and, and, and melancholic are fighting there. One to one. One to one. Chances are. And, and, and you must understand, as I'm going to show you now, you will find out that it's not that he couldn't do more, but the predisposition of his mind or her mind is that somebody is using me. The other one is giving five, he's producing ten, and he's not saying somebody is using me. Because the energy to work is there, the ability to work is there. Why mustn't I work? I'm going to work. I'm going to work. No problem. Bring it. Let me work. So they, they're just working. And when you look at the colonel, you are asking yourself, who is paying this guy? Who, who, who is actually supporting him or her? Nobody. That's, how, that's what it takes to get results. You don't think about that. A choleric doesn't really think about what am I getting. He's just motivated by there's a challenge here and I need to overcome the challenge. That's all. That's all. It is later that he will even ask himself, ah, by the way, what, what, are, what am I going to get even after all these things are going? That's why Paul was able to achieve more than Peter because Peter wanted to know what he's going to get. So that's why he's fallen to two to four. He asked Jesus, look, I was having a fishing boat, ne? and I had these other guys. You're saying that I must come and follow you. What am I getting? Business mind. Very much into So he can achieve based on what he's getting. Paul never asked, what am I getting? To live is Christ. To die is again. 100%. Let's go. Let's start the work. Let's start working. And that's all. That's all. He doesn't think much of the benefit per se. He's more motivated by the work itself. So he can work for years without being paid. His payment is the work itself. The work itself is his greatest joy. You say you are choleric. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and 
to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ, or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life. Oh,